Gentlemen, and welcome back to Square Eye Syndrome. I'm apparently someone who trick and treats as a schoolgirl on Halloween night. I'm Ben Gilman. I'm joined by the man who's reportedly teamed up with Killian Dane to battle Finn Balor and Sheamus at WrestleMania over an argument over the troubles. It's Dan Rudge. What do you mean, apparently? (laughs) (laughs) Scottish and a Scottish man wearing a kilt drinking Scotch whiskey and throwing cabinets around one handed. It's Tom Hill. Damn right. Uh, he's a charm, Dragon Ball, and Nightwish fan. Yeah, we're sorry too. It's Troy Salmon. <laughs> wow. But anyways, hello, guys. <laughs> I think we touched oh, it there, fair boys. <laughs> no, no. I think we did. I came in heavy. <laughs> Damn. We're in punch of the front center. Well, I, I suppose whenever you're lining up with a bunch of eight and nine year olds for candy, you look fairly heavy. <laughs> 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 We're all bunch of tossers for last week's joke. Yeah, <laughs> very funny, very funny. Well done. <laughs> Keeping the running jokes alive—that's what I like to see. I, be- yeah, fantastic. Hey man, you started it. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, fine, yeah. <laughs> cross, yeah. Let's go. Come on. Okay, I love it. So, how is everyone anyway? Oh man! Uh, I'm a year older and no wiser. <laughs> I think we all feel like that this year. Yeah, happy Happy birthday for the other day, Dan. Happy birthday, mate! Congratulations. Birthday, very much, Tom, and thank you for the presents as well. They're very appreciated. One year closer Tom. to the, the, the dance with the Reaper. <laughs> Tom got me a T-shirt with um, a Discworld thing on it. Oh, the, uh, of Angkorport, Veterinary, oh, no. one man, one boat. I'm wearing it now. It's brilliant. Oh, sick. <laughs> nice. I've got a new haircut, got Mohican, and got new glasses. I'm pretty happy. But then again, that doesn't matter because this is not a video podcast, so I don't even know why I, I bought that. I just can't up. imagine you with a Mohican. That's just... I know exactly. That just looks ben, ben, could, you, could you use this phrase for me? Oh, what a rush. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The librarian edition, yeah? Lovely. Okay, so who's up first this week, then? I mean, I don't mind. Okay, go for it. All right, then. Well, um, I'm continuing in the sort of the idea that I had a little while ago of I'm not using my own suggestions at the minute. It's the people who I'm close to are giving me things to watch, and I'm watching them. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've got two different suggestions from two different people who are fairly close to me. And the first one I'm going to talk about is from our good friend, Sammy the Ghost. All right. Sammy the Anime Fanny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. She has given me another, um, another anime to look at. Um, and it's one with a particularly dodgy name. Uh, dodgy in one way, in that if I try and do the original, I'm going to butcher it, but I'm going to do it now. Danjon ni dea o motomeru no wa machigetiero daroka, also known as Dan Machi for short. And the English subtitle is Familiar Myth, but most people will know it 
as is it wrong to try and pick up girls in a dungeon? Yes, I love that translation. I love the way you did that, though. It, that it depends on what part of the world you're in to answer that question. My <laughs> <laughs> pronunciation was good, Dan. I like that. I like it. Very good job, mate. So it's based on a Japanese light novel series written by Fujino Omori and illustrated by Suzuhito Yasuda. SB yep, Creative right. published 15 volumes since January 2013 under their GA Bunko imprint, according to Wikipedia. Mm. Um, we have a... Th there was mangas made of it, and then we have the anime television adaptation, which began airing in 2015. Uh, they are currently on their third series in 2020 and are halfway through releasing the third series. Um, how? What is it about? It's about... In a way, it's kind of all centered around a dungeon, which you would see from the title. And the dungeon is in the center of a city called Araria. Okay. A long time ago, when the world was young, the gods decided that they would come down from heaven and would take on actual mortal lives without very many actual abilities at all. Yeah. But they would retain some power, and that power would be to grant blessings to humans and the other races that live there there's like elves and beastkin and dwarves and all sorts of people right okay so these gods and goddesses then take up like people who are devoted to them and live near them and work for them or and they call themselves like familiars so it's kind of a difference between like a, a corporation and a vocation and a religion and a family. Mm, okay. And this is all centered around the idea that how to survive in this world and how to get what you need in this world means that some people need to be adventurers and go into the dungeon, both to prevent the dungeon from overrunning with monsters and to get resources from said dungeon. There are other places i'm not sure if they have their own dungeons as that hasn't been put forward properly but yeah. we know of at least one other nation throughout the three series uh and they do have their own gods it's not just Arario that has gods gods are found all around the place the goddess that we follow most is the female lead in the series and is called hestia she's the supporting character She's not the absolute main character, but she's female lead. And she is, it's kind of tough to tell what she's the goddess of, but it feels like it's kind of second chances, lost causes, diamonds in the rough. Mm. You're kind of, your standard sort of let's set up a team of misfits because that way we can get a lot of diversity in there and a lot of different characters and fill a lot of different tropes. Yeah. <laughs> She's also got a nice big pair of tatas. She does. And she's fucking tiny as well. Mm. <laughs> and she like basically dresses in your classic anime. I'm really, I'm, I'm just barely aware that uh, I'm about to fall out of my dress at any given moment. But I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those. And so her first family member 
she is one of the absolute minor gods of the pantheons at this point. Other gods have like 20 or 40 or 100 different family members. She doesn't have any until she meets a guy who has decided to become an adventurer. And he's called Bel Cranel. And he's this tiny little dude with silver hair and red eyes. And he's very sort of cute and handsome and honest and oblivious and has no idea how to talk to women. Um, like really sort of classic romantic kind of character. Yeah. He's taken it upon himself to be an adventurer. The first time he's adventured uh, past safe levels in a dungeon, he's been ambushed by something from a much higher level area that's escaped and has been saved by the premier adventurer in Orario, who is called Eis Wallenstein. Eis Wallenstein is... On the battlefield, she's absolutely amazing. Whereas plate armor carries like a long, thin sword. She's a badass. No two ways about it. Um, Outside of that, she's an oblivious airhead, but she's still... She's wise and an airhead, so she kind of she lacks the intelligence, but she has the wisdom. Yeah, if you know what I mean. And so, Bell, yeah. Bell develops two very very conflicting feelings for Eyes. One is that he's immediately smitten with her, and also in awe of her ability. She is now the pinnacle of achievement of what he wants to be able to achieve is catch up to her. Both to see himself as being worthy. And also to be able to then pursue her romantically. In the meantime, his goddess Hestia has a thing for him. And is very, very jealous and is quite open about it. And he seems quite oblivious or really doesn't have a fucking clue what to do about it. (laughs) Bit by bit, you get more characters joining in. They're doing things in the dungeon. There's inter-familiar politics going on. There's... An overall story arc, which is developing. Um, I don't know how close they are to done. I don't think they're planning on stopping anytime soon. It's quite popular at the minute. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's... Uh, Belle Cronel, uh also turns out to have, you know, hidden backstory and interesting things. And there's a reason why people are interested in him and... The absolute top goddess, Freya, is interested in him from, like, the off and does all sorts of things to mess with his journey and his pathway, and that causes all sorts of extra complications. And it seems everyone wants a piece of it. And any time he's in contact with a woman for more than five minutes, she falls desperately in love with him. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Like literally, they 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 all do. Jeez. Some of them take longer to realize it than others, but they basically all just go, "Okay, so that's the pinnacle of the kind of person who I want to basically spend my life with." But he's so innocent and pure and completely oblivious, and how am I ever going to get him? And there's so many other people after him, and blah 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 blah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he is literally. He's completely like, uh, yes, you're all lovely people. You're all part of my family or you're my friends and I love you all. And ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> if you're thinking of taking the piss out of this at all, I'm not. It has an unfortunate title, but it's absolutely great. 
Yeah. And that's about all I have to say about that. Has anyone else got an opinion on this one? Uh, I watched the first season. Um, thought it was a pretty decent show, but if you think it's getting better, I might need to go track down the other seasons. Um, Honestly, the third season is shaping up to be my favourite. Well, generally, I found the characters to be not annoying. That's always it's a big thing for me, and um, it was fun. You know? Sometimes anime doesn't always have to be serious, but it has a good mix of both. Um, like, it's got the element of they all fall in love with it, but it has a lot less of the sort of the risque and, like, almost horror like elements of that's, things. That's why I like it. I, I hate shows that go too far in the sex department. There's no need for panty shots in anime. They're just animated characters. But as you said, Dan, I like the fact that this show just kind of has the innocent style of it. It's just a it lot hits, of... It hits naughty, but it's still quite innocent in the naughty it hits. Yes, that's why I like it. It doesn't go too far. So yeah. it's a big thumbs up for me, Troy. Hey, that's what I'm saying. I love it. I love that, man. I love... I've, I've heard of it before. Never actually watched it. But everyone, everyone's telling me, just go watch it, man. If you watch it... Get your crunchy roll. You know, man. Yeah. Too much stuff to do, yeah. man. Definitely. Is it? I'm guessing we're um, on the second and third season, all right? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. Okay. And what's your other pick then, Dan? We're up to episode five, season three. If you want to catch up, it's if you're binging it, it's a day or two of binging to completely catch up. Yeah. If you want to take it slower, it's one of those shows that you can. You just pick up an episode here or there. It's not going to be difficult to follow, even if you take a break between things. Okay. Okay. So what's your second pick, Dan? My second pick is from my neighbour and one of my best friends. Well, actually, neighbours and best friends, uh, Taz and Shannon. And they have said that I need, need to look at a show from Netflix, which has come out this year. And <laughs> that show, it's a documentary. It's a three-part documentary. Uh, sorry, came out in 2019. A true crime documentary series about an online manhunt that started on Facebook. It's okay. called Don't Fuck With Cats, Hunting an Internet Killer. Ah, heard of this. Never seen it though, heard of it. Has I've anyone seen it? To, I've wanted to watch this. I've heard it's crazy. <laughs> Sounds mental. My friend told me that, yeah. Okay, so this is going to be a couple of things here that I'm going to have to put down. Okay. Number one is for people who are maybe not so okay with hearing about things like cruelty to animals, uh, the discussion of murder, uh, discussion of fear, harassment, uh, stalking, uh, manhunts, all of this sort of stuff. Fair, fair warning, trigger warning, all of that kind of thing, because this could be one of those. Yeah, it's not a nice second thing I want to say is spoilers. <laughs> don't mind spoilers, then cool. If you do, then leave this part of the podcast until after you've watched it. Bye. Because, yeah, it's <laughs> no, going to be. I'm legitly going to be get past, get past the next 10 to 15 minutes, find wherever we're stopping it. Um, I'm hoping someone can tag it, maybe. And then just carry on 
listen to the rest of the podcast. Go watch it. It is brilliant. It's very well done. But I'm now going to discuss how I found it as I was watching it. Yeah. So it starts off, and you'll probably see it as well as I did, especially since I'm saying it now. It feels like it has a very conservative leaning. There's this undertone the whole way through that doesn't get spoken of, of sort of a... The way that um, differences that aren't, you know, conservative-friendly are portrayed are in in quite negative lights in a lot of cases. Yeah. It's subtle in many places, but there is an over, overall feeling of... The Christian right is the best place to be and the only sort of moral good that there is anywhere. And I I don't think they tried to make that happen. I think that's just sort of, that's a thing from perspective of who was making the film. It begins with uh, talking about someone who calls themselves a complete computer nerd who goes online under the alias of Body Movin'. And that's how they conduct their online life. And they find this absolutely horrid video of um, somebody taking two kittens and putting them into a vacuum bag and suffocating them by taking all the air out of it. Wow. And this person has put up a video of it and it's in a very sort of taunting bet you can't find me kind of way and it's not just her but a bunch of people get really really like incensed and completely fucking outraged about it and they go off trying to find him and a couple of them are people who have skills in doing this kind of thing they're a bit of an investigator themselves and there's two or three main sort of organizers behind it who are putting the most effort in and there's a bunch of hangers on as well yeah and it escalates from there that escalates into two more videos and they think they figure out who it is and they have a couple of different investigations and there's a couple of splinters off into different kind of things that are going on i don't want to ruin too much of it yeah i want to check those out that <laughs> Um, but yeah, they're doing this thing and then all of a sudden there's a threat that it's not going to be an animal cruelty video the next time. And then there's another video. Ah, okay. So it's working its way up to humans, basically. Okay. Got you. And it's about how there's sort of... in one way investigation trying to find someone before they manage to get to a certain point or to stop them if they do get to that certain point and there's like a group of people in the know who aren't being listened to because nothing serious enough has happened yeah um but also these people are letting themselves get a little bit um what do you call it william golding lord of the flies they're becoming more mob justice-y and this is someone who's taunting them and getting attention from them. And ah, okay. I, it takes a lot of 
different routes and it does look at a lot of different things. It's also really, really well made. Like the way they've put this together, the way interviews have been done, the way camera work is done, the way they've put like um, visual aids and the representations of going online and how like there's people they're interviewing who are part of this group that are looking for this guy, right? Yeah. And the first one you see has a sort of a, a, like you see her personality through the fact that she has a specific um, level of how she looks and acts online. Like she's quite obviously concealing her identity <clears throat> and the way she's doing it with that persona shows you a bit more of hers. Okay. The second guy that you see, the second person in the group is a guy uh, who's being interviewed. And the first thing you see of his personality is him typing in his username and password into Facebook. And his password is like 25 characters long. <laughs> so you, you get like those kind of hints from really good little visual cues from things. It works really well. Uh, it's about what, two, three hours long in total? Okay, two, three hours long. Um, over three episodes. And it's won BAFTAs. It's won Emmys. Um, it's It's really good. Just take note of the bias but still, the actual documentary is factual, it's gripping, it's done really well, and it shows you what happens when you do give in to a psychopath's need for attention. Yeah, okay. And also the power of actually, you know, working as a team online and what the possibilities of the internet create. Yeah, it's powerful. So, it's powerful. Yeah. Right. Sounds like a good show. Yeah, trust me, I've been told to watch it so many times I haven't done it. But, I've yeah, seen I'll... it, it's painful. Oh, <laughs> That's why I've said virtually nothing. I've just been sitting there going, Yeah, that that show is uncomfortable. It's <laughs> comfortable, it's gripping, it's Oh yeah, totally. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Sounds like it. <laughs> and anyone that hates cats is an arsehole anyway. So anyone that hurts cats deserves a kick in in my Anyone that hurts animals deserves a kick in. Fair play. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. <laughs> um, who else is next, Sam? Um? That's up to you guys. What do you want to do? What you want to do? I think Troy should go next. All right, let's do it. I wanted to see what you bring. No, no, Thank you, Dan. It's nothing, nothing special this right. week, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I've got something special next week, but this week, this week just, I'm just going to chilling. We never expect anything from you, Troy. We're always you best surprised. How dare you? Disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's going to be a, a new one and a continuation. So I'm just going to talk about more than what I talked about last week and continuation. So we're going to start off with. Get, wait, wait for it, wait for it. NXT, NXT UK. There we go. Oh, yeah, yeah. I called it. I fucking called it. 
But Dan, oh, Dan was waiting for me to say it. Dan was waiting for quiet. Deny it. I fucking called it. <laughs> you did. You did. Are we going to have a conversation about Dragonoff? I was like, are we going to have a conversation about Dragonoff versus Volta? Oh, yeah. oh, yes, we are. Not much. Bloody punishing, bro. Oh, yeah. Hey, NXT UK. So, UK is the... um. The English version of the NXT brand. Anyone knows about NXT, the WWE um, branch off, the offshoot of the original WWE product. But um, NXT UK is very under the radar, very low key. But um, the matches on there have been brilliant. You got people like, um, I think, um, Bala was down there. Cesaro was down there for a little bit as well. Chris Hero was down there. Oh, Cassius Ono, you know him as now. Um, that's, that's noise. Oh, yes. That's what I say whenever you pick a show tray. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh, I knew that was coming. I, was, I knew that was coming, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you got the, the Gallus boys. Gallus boys on top. Got them down there. You got um, hey, Ilya Dragonov, my boy. He's literally my favorite guy in the NXT UK brand. Ilya Dragonov, my boy. Mm. Russian born, but grew up in Germany. This I guy, did him, I did get him at first because I never watched XPW, uh, X yeah. Y, W X W, uh, but I after seeing him against Cesaro at a takeover and other matches recently, yeah. and against Badarak, best of both worlds, mm. when worlds collide, yeah, I get him now. You get, you get I, him now. How, how come you didn't get him before? How come you get? Him? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Because I don't watch a lot of wrestling now. I'm not such a big wrestling fan. I don't do all your independence and stuff. I don't have time. Mm, so yeah. now I'm beginning to see what he's capable of. And yeah, as soon as I saw this guy, I was like, who is this guy? Because um, um, I'm a Tekken guy as well. I play Tekken. So there's a character called Dragonov. But I was like, yo, anyone called Dragonov is automatically a piece. Anyone called Dragonov is automatically my dude, bro. Automatically, off top. Um, I have interest, Troy. What do you think of Walter? Oh, yes. Oh, well, I, was about, I was about to get to him, but yeah, let's do it. Let's go into water. <laughs> He's got so, a dad uh... bod, that boy. He's got a dad <laughs> Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with a dad bod if you can ben, actually wrestle. You haven't got dad a dad bod, bod Ben. What the hell? I... Walter is a big, scary man. Walter Very scary man. Flipping G. He's a legend, bro. Walter is the man. I was like, when I first saw it, I was like, this guy. The... All I could see was that one chop. I was like, yeah, I'm sold. You're the man, bro. <laughs> Walter the man, I was I, like, yo. I wasn't sold on him until I saw him versus uh, Tyler Bate. Oh, oh that was a great match. Brilliant. A classic. That is a, that is a great match right there. Him with Tyler Bate, I was like, yo. Did you not like Pete Dunn versus Volta? Did you not rate that one at WrestleMania weekend a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Got that um, Imperium background. I love that stuff, man. These group Imperium, yo. This... Bro, he's the leader. You're NXT UK champion. Volta, yo, but he had a hey, I've literally made a video on my channel. Um, Legends of 101. If you don't know, I have a channel that, but um, shameless plug, shameless, shameless plug, shameless plug, um, shameless plug. But um, I called it a 10 star match. You know, Meltzer had his seven stars for Omega and Omicado. I was like, nah, forget that. We ain't talking about them seven stars, we're talking about 10 stars right now. Yeah. <laughs> Ilya Dragonov, Volta, 10 stars from your boy. It's good. I don't know if it's that good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm saying it's that good. Because the thing is, it felt so safe as well. They were killing each I'm, other. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. going to be an arsehole. I'm going to be an arsehole here because... Oh, no. Go on, go on. On the WWE side, on the, on their level, is it a seven-star match on a WWE level? Because that's to be fair, 
Indies in New Japan, they have their own style that isn't WWE. So what are we talking about? Where would you put it on the level? On which level? Which which brand? I put it like all. Well, let's be fair. WWE does hold them back sometimes in terms of what they can I, do. Even, even oh, I'm, I'm anything better than WWE right now. That's, they, they ain't gonna beat that. That's for damn sure. They ain't beating that. Right, ben, just to give yeah. you a point of reference, Jim Cornette, who hates. Oh, yeah, there we go. Go on, then. Went go on. Ape shit about how wonderful this match was. Exactly. Like proper old school style. But he's an unhappy person. No, yeah, but he said that's what wrestling could have been if people weren't just flipping all over the place. <laughs> so this this is that that's the kind of level of wrestling match you're talking about. It was it was so clean. Proper, proper old school. Yeah. So okay. It brought me back. I was like, what? I was like, I was cringing at certain shots, but I was like, it looks so safe. <laughs> I was like, oh damn, that hurt. That it, looked like hurt. it looked like a shoot. Uh, no, did, 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 did. that's how great that was. I felt every hit, every shot. Damn every, right. Every arm drag, I felt it. I was like, yo, this is wrestling, yo, when you don't have to go too far over the top. This is so what this is a world for the Toriano fans, you know? This is the world for the William Regal fans. Yeah, William Regal that, that straight down and dirty. No, I'm saying knock down, drag up matches. Talking, we're talking elbow in the face, in the in the face when you're pinning them, right? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. would always put the elbow into their face when he was pinning them. Love Straight that. gritty. Yes. Why did he never become world champion? God damn it! I know they, they was, oh, that was that was a joke. William Regal should have been world champion, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, he should have been. He was. I think the the point when he was most likely to be pushed was when he had his drugs problems, and so understandably. Uh, WWE and WCW both went, well, we can't actually put the main gold on a guy yeah. with a drugs problem. Yeah, I never stopped Scott Hall. I never stopped Scott Hall. Yeah, you never stopped him. No, 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 no. When, ever, was Scott Hall actual world champion? He was never been world champion. No, never. Never I've world champion I mean, in WCW, never meant, world champion in WWE. Never, say, never, 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 never. I meant to say Shawn Michaels. He was on drugs. Shawn yeah. Michaels was not in the same level as these guys. He was doing... Nah, no, no way in that level. No way. An addict on the level that William Regal and Scott Hall were. And both yeah. of those guys should have been world champions and both of them were not because they couldn't be trusted to be the top champion because they had drug addictions. That's why Scott Hall was never the top guy. Intercontinental champion and fucking amazing one at that. Yeah, great one. United States champion in WCW and a fucking amazing one at that. Brilliant tag team champion. He held every bit of gold, but was never given the top title because of his drug issues. Probably the same for Regal. But Regal has now got a second life, basically taking on the Dusty Rhodes role yeah. of shaping the next generation. And I'm delighted that he's the guy behind that. Yeah, he is. William Regal is that. Like, him and, him and um, Matt Bloom, between them, will see the people coming through NXT well. Yeah, them, they're, they're doing well. Them not, yeah, they're doing well. Right, Troy, I've got a question, though. Yeah, go on. My big issue with NXT UK, I enjoy it. I don't watch it all the time, but I do take the time to watch it. Yeah. But it's the knowledge that if anyone's really good, they're just going to get moved to America. That's I can't true. invest myself properly. <sighs> no, it's no, always no. being that, in the shadow of NXT. Sound bad. No, uh, I know what you mean. Volta, I mean, I know that Volta won't go because Volta only agreed to sign with WWE if he could stay in the in Europe. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So he, yeah, he's going to stay in NXT UK. He doesn't want to go to America. He'll make the odd appearance. Yeah, like he did at Survivor he's not going to yeah. move. But Tyler Bay, all those guys, Pete Dunne, they are going to go to America if the mm. opportunity comes up. 
That's yeah. the problem. They've always been in the shadow of NXT. <laughs> uh, they've always been a feeder system. Precisely. That's so why should, I, why should I be watching NXT UK over NXT, for example? Oh, NXT UK, just for the, that, just the brutality, man. NXT, NXT is, is good, but it's kind of taken a, you know what I'm saying, a backseat, it's a backseat in terms of like real... Yeah, but there, but there is greater like level of character development because I know those people are going to stay. Yeah. Where, uh, whereas in NXT UK, you have one great match... And you could yeah, yeah, so stay because the way Vince McMahon's plucking those NXT guys right now is they're going to be there for that long either. They're going to be Possibly, like, no, there's, a be, there's a better chance you know that anyone in NXT UK is hoping to get called up to NXT. You yeah, know that's, that that's what they want. Heck yeah, that's People the goal. That's, the, vast majority, the vast majority don't want to just stop at NXT UK. Chris Cassius Ono had already made his name around the world before he chose to go to NXT UK. Yeah, I've seen that He's guy live. By choice. By the way as well. Volta's there by choice. But you look at Tyler Bate, for example. He's still, what, 22, 23? He's young. He's young. He's happy enough in NXT UK. But if he was told he was going to be given a proper main roster time in America, he'd go. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Exactly, yeah. He, no, he would. no question about it. So how, that's the problem. I can go and watch NXT UK to enjoy good wrestling. Fair enough. But I like to see storylines develop and characters develop. Yeah. How can no, I do that when I know that, that, that every single one of them, if they get the call, I'm going to bounce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's not, that's that's not, not me trying to be critical of NXT UK. It's a great pick. I love it. But <laughs> No, I'm just, I'm just saying just round it out my picture. But NXT UK, I just love the underground feel of it as well. Obviously, some people <laughs> might be moving up or down. You never know. Might stay there. Might go up. But same time, while they're there, Enjoy it, you know what I mean. Just go, but even I find, I find it. How, I'm sure we run out of wrestling programs to talk about now. We must have done the whole tour now. <laughs> no, there's always more. There's always more, Ben. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but but lucky for you, this isn't, this isn't a new one for my second pick. So WWE Network, we can find next UK, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, channel the second five. pick or Channel Five or Channel Five. Yeah, or Channel Five. Yeah, that's they've got in there. Yeah, Channel Five, isn't it? Yeah, Channel Five as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, thanks, thanks, Ben, for that. Um, so, second pick. It's just a continuation because I've talked about this before. Um, so, WWE SmackDown. There we go. Let's let's talk about this. <laughs> just an update. Oh, just, an, just an update. God. I'm going to start banning wrestling from this podcast. <laughs> just an update for you wrestling fans out there. Just an update. You want to talk about the Roman Reigns Tribal Chief thing? Yeah, there we go. The Tribal let's Chief. Do. Okay, let's the do tribal it. Tribal Chief. We're going to talk about Tribal Chief. Come on, then. We're going to talk about Roman Reigns. The uh, best guy in the, in the WWE right now, the head of the table, you know what I'm saying? The tribal chief, as he's um, nine owners of it should yeah. be called. Um, so he is like literally running SmackDown right now. He's the um, champion, universal champ. Um, he was facing his brother at Hell in a Cell, well, the brother, cousin, cousin, cousin at Hell in a Cell, and it was a great match. Um, I quit match. Jay Uso gets involved again. Jimmy um, so gets involved again. Jimmy. Jay was the one fighting. Yeah, there we go, Jimmy. Um, who's injured? Injured leg, by the way. Um, he comes in again. He should be um ready to wrestle um soon. In the next couple uh, of months. They reckon about January. Yeah. So next couple of months. Yes, yeah, January. Um. So he gets it. <laughs> he actually gets involved to help Jay out. His, bro- his brother once again. Um. And the storyline continues of Roman Reigns caring for his cousins. This guy, he has so much emotion for his cousins, yo. But they keep letting him down. 
you know, he's letting them down and he's just saying, just just acknowledge me, you know, this is a great storyline going around on SmackDown, just acknowledge me as your tribal chief, you know, you know, Tom, you know, Ben, Dan, mm-hmm. acknowledge me as your tribal chief. So what do you guys think about that storyline? Because I think he's the best thing on SmackDown and don't be general right now. <laughs> It's more like he's a cunt, not a chief. Right, in England, in England, a chief is a bad word to call someone. <laughs> hey, chief. Um, I like Go it. Go on, you like it. Um, the thing I've liked most about this storyline, in fairness, I mean, I think loads and loads of wrestling fans have been calling for Roman Reigns to be given a run as a heel exactly. for several years, and he's proving that they should have flipping done it because he's brilliant <laughs> as a heel. Also, yeah. Paul Heyman playing a different role, but I love the fact that he's there as well. Yes. It just adds a little bit to it. Paul Heyman. Because, you know, Roman, mastermind. Roman's yeah. not bad on the mic, but Paul Heyman not is... Not credibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Paul Heyman is the talker of talkers I, in wrestling. Can but, I um, make a point here? Go on. I don't think fans would except that WWE were solid about Reigns as a heel without seeing Heyman with him. Possibly. They, they think yeah, it was a short term. I think you could do it now. I think if Heyman were to leave tomorrow... Yeah, he could do it. Yeah, He's now proven it. But I wouldn't want them to do that because I think Heyman has a lot more to do in this storyline. I know. For me. Um, but, I mean, the thing I was going to say, the thing that I like about this storyline is actually it's made... Jey Uso looked really strong. Exactly. He's been going... He's, he's been made out. to look brilliant. Roman Reigns has actually, even though he's won both matches, has properly put Jey over. He's elevated him. He's elevated him hugely. The storytelling like, showed both matches is off the charts. Yeah, like, he couldn't pin Jey in the first match. Yeah. Jey kept kicking out. And he couldn't get Jey to quit in the second match. It was only when he put Jey's brother... In a triangle lock and was choking him out, that Jay quit to save his brother. It's a brilliant piece of storyline telling, but it also, Jimmy has, Jay has now lost two matches in a row, but has never looked weak. Exactly. Roman Reigns has looked strong because he's come away with the win on both occasions and done whatever it took. So it's one of those unique situations where everybody is looking strong coming out of these matches at the moment, which is brilliant. And you've got, you've got Jay beating Daniel Bryan. I is that, when was the last time yeah. you beat anyone that big? Yeah, and I I love the fact that Daniel Bryan was probably more than willing to put Jay over. Exactly, I think he's, that's, he's that's the thing. You know that Daniel Bryan would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying he's one of the writers apparently because apparently he's helping Big E as well in terms yeah. of this point. As well. Yeah, Daniel Bryan is the reason behind the push for Big E, which I love and I hate at the same time. I'm so annoyed they broke up the New Day, but. But are you though? Uh, my yeah. prediction is the person to bring down Chief Reigns is going to be Big E. Hopefully, yeah, if that's the It it's depends tough. how they build him. It depends yeah. how they build. They Theoretically, if right. you do it right, yeah. If you do it right, Big E is a credible threat. Yeah. But the problem you've got right now on SmackDown is nobody is a credible threat. No, exactly. They need yeah. to build people up. Yeah. You've exactly. taken away AJ Styles. You've taken away The Fiend. These are the people who might have been able to get an edge over Roman Reigns. Yeah. You've taken all of them away. I mean, who are, you, who are your big names now on SmackDown? It's the better wrestling brand, I'll grant you. You've got Daniel Bryan, yeah? Yeah. You've got Big E is coming through, and he's fantastic, but he's not there yet. yet. Yeah. So, who, But who else, really? Who are your big names on SmackDown? 
And I, mean, I don't think The Rock's coming back for that Dream WrestleMania. No, that, no that, if, if The Rock agreed to do that, that would be the perfect story, especially... Perfect. He, if, no, no, especially if he agreed to actually lose to Reigns at WrestleMania. Oh, I'm sure he wouldn't mind doing that. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But don't know if The Rock came back and put Reigns over, that would be brilliant because that really would be a star-making moment. No more part-time fucking world champions. I've had enough of them. Full-time only. <laughs> it sometimes works. The Brock Lesnar thing occasionally no. works, it's but only for a short time. period of time. Yeah, you can't keep doing it all the frick. Since we're talking about wrestling, at one point I'm gonna make. I fucking hate the title belts that everyone has now. They're all so (laughs) flipping corporate. It's the corporate logo. That's it. It's terrible, isn't it? I grew up with the dollar pennies. The tag (laughs) belts look like dollar pennies, and the women's and men's they bloody look like corporate. They're all Crap. just a corporate. They're all just a corporate logo. Yeah, so one I w in the middle of it. They could do much worse than the spinner belt. Congratulations, you managed the spinner, it. The spinner belt was supposed to be just for John Cena. Yeah, yeah they should. And then they forgot to stop it once he wasn't the champion anymore. Exactly. But here's the thing, right? Yeah. They allowed I, I... the return of the Intercontinental title, the old school looking one, a few years ago. Why couldn't they bring back some of the older champ, some of the older looking championships, the ones that people want to see? Actually the like. Winged Eagle title belt. You will hear pretty much everyone talk about that as the greatest looking world championship belt of all time. Especially the Attitude style one. Oh no, no, no! The one before the Attitude era, just before it. Oh yeah, uh, exactly. yeah. That that looked nice. That the one that Shawn Michaels won at WrestleMania twelve. Yeah, the Michaels, the Michaels. Yeah, the yeah, one with Michaels. The one that was worn by Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Diesel, all those guys. I mean, I know Diesel isn't the same level as the other two, but he wore it for a year, so give him, <laughs> a, give him his due. <laughs> Macho I, Man Andy Savage. In fact, the first the person to wear it was the Macho Man Andy Savage. The Rock taking the piss out of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was like 10 years later. <laughs> Yeah, well, seven, seven years later, it was 2002. Hey, Daddy <laughs> but yeah, sorry, sorry, Troy, I completely hijacked your pick. No, 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 that's fine. <laughs> no, that's fine, man. That's what I'm saying. It's the, the conversational piece, you know what I mean? But but yeah, SmackDown literally is the place to be if you want to see the tribal chief, Robin Reigns, <laughs> putting work, you know. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, check it out, man. Um, I, think it's, it's, yeah. um, I think it's some Channel 5 as well, isn't it? SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah, uh, is it? The highlights, the highlights from that. Yeah. Raw, SmackDown, NXT UK, yeah. and Total Divas. If you really are a sad motherfucker, I missed the missions. But Damn. that means NXT is the only one that isn't on Channel Five. That's why I watch all of these on BT Sport. So, but it's still nice that they put the best stuff for each show on that for normal viewers to watch. It's nice. It's a nice thing. It's a bigger yeah, one. You know, saying, get little highlights here and there, you know. But, and, but having said that, no more wrestling for three months. It's banned. We <laughs> talk about yes. Wrestling. There we go. We, I got my travel chief over. Yeah, Robert Reigns. Yeah, I love you. Three months banned now, Troy. No oh, more. Wrestling. Damn it! I was going to talk about Tiger Mask W next week. Tiger Mask W. Troy, you ruined it for me. But <laughs> that is an anime, so that is okay. <laughs> Dan, no, you know what? Dan, Dan, Dan gave me Dan, an idea, Dan. so I got an anime one coming up. 
Dan, this is not a dictatorship. He cannot stop you from picking whatever you want. Exactly, exactly. There we oh, go. Oh. Can I ask them what the PWG next week? <laughs> Come on. I don't want to hear wrestling. On TV no, I feel like this from Dragon Gate. I feel like this from Dragon Gate. You don't want to hear about wrestling. You set up the rules. talk about it. <laughs> you three are brilliant. You know what? I feel like doing some Dragon Gate stardom. I'll put those up as well, maybe. Okay. <sighs> you say that isn't WWE, though. <laughs> All right, all right. All right. Next week, I'm just going to talk about Raw and NXT, sod it. Uh, <laughs> Where's my mute button for next week? <laughs> guys, 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 let's move next on. Let's go, Come, you're next. Is it me? Okay. All right. Okay. So, in all honesty, I haven't had a huge amount of time to watch much stuff this week. I've had other things going on that's kind of restricted the amount of TV viewing I've done. But um, so I've gone back to a couple of other shows. Now this one, this first one might take up the entirety of my time if we get into an argument about it. Okay. But um, I'm bringing it up, and I know Ben is going to want to kill me for bringing this up. But I've decided <laughs> that now is the time because yeah. I want to talk about this. BBC Sherlock. Okay. I love this show. I utterly okay. love this show. The work of Mark Gatiss. Let's go. Let's go. Brilliant show. I mean, okay, let let me say a little bit before the inevitable disagreements begin. Stephen Moffat, Mark Gettys are the men behind the majority of this. Um, Stephen Thompson is the other, is the third writer. And they, it's a, it's a modern retelling of the Sherlock Holmes stories. The Sherlock Holmes stories are fantastic anyway. Arthur Conan Doyle was a flipping genius. It's brilliant stuff. He he basically invented the detective story genre. There are very few books before what he did. So he was the man. He was the man. He's abs absolute genius. And Mark Gatiss and Stephen Moffat are big fans of Sherlock. Big fans, I think, of the Basil Rathbone stuff from the nineteen forties, which is very good. Mm. And they decided let's try and update it for a new generation. There have been four full seasons okay. only three episodes long each time usually about an hour and a half each and the first season especially was bloody brilliant and mm-hmm. the st- oh, study in pink i could go back and watch that again time and time again it's so well it, done benedict also, nails it our, John- so it's also got our favorite our best friend patty sniffer david uh, bill davis in it as well has it Yes, Phil Davis being a disgusting, creepy guy, as always, with his panty sniffer face. <laughs> what the heck, bro? Right, okay. fine. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> no, 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 it's absolutely fine. The opinions Sorry. of Ben are not necessarily the opinions <laughs> of Ben. <laughs> you secretly know that I'm right, though. Right. If you wish to sue Ben Gilman <laughs> for these comments, please do not include the rest of us. <laughs> All right, so... The first series, um, you had three episodes. One was a study in pink, which was basically study in scarlet, which was the very first Sherlock Holmes book, introduced the characters, and it did an amazing job. It was like a really good update. The entire first and second series, I find very little to fault. And they've got you've got an absolutely brilliant bad guy in, oh, God, what's his name? Andrew... 
Oh, what the heck is his name now? The oh, guy who played Moriarty. Yeah, that, damn, what's his name? His name has completely escaped me right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I know it is his name as well. It'll come back to me. Yeah, yeah. Ah, frustrating. <laughs> no, it won't. Andrew Scott. There That's we, it. And there we go. For, for those of you who don't know him by that name, he was the sexy yeah. priest in Fleabag. You just beat me to it. I was going to go with sexy vicar. <laughs> yeah, sexy vicar, apparently. Yes. He was okay. the sexy priest in Fleabag. Yes. Okay. So the first series basically is setting up. It's the John, it's the relationship of Holmes and Watson and a few examples. It's also bringing in the famous villain Moriarty, played by Andrew Scott. Which has a fantastic scene at the end of it. So good. Leaves on a cliffhanger. Second series n- kept up the same level. Third series, obviously at the end of the at the end of the second series, spoiler alert, Holmes dies. Oh. And but anyone who knows the books knows that actually a couple of years later Arthur Conan Doyle started writing the books again. Yeah. Um, and so he brought him back from the dead. And it's the episode episode one of season three is brilliant because it's how the hell did he fake his own death? As well as how does John Watson deal with it? All that kind of stuff. It's really good. I love but, the fact that they never tell you how it happened as well. They well, they the do, but you don't know if it's the truth. Exactly. You're the yeah. sure. <laughs> no, but they never tell you which one's correct. And I love yeah. that. Which is absolutely, I don't think any of the ones they tell you is actually how he did it. Particularly, I love the ones where Moffat decided to get quite naughty and have Moffat. Um, have Moriarty and Sherlock make out for Oh yeah, basic, basically I'm screaming Sherlock fangirls. Yeah. That's quite funny. Basically he he ba- two or three of the versions of how he survived were just fan lit, yeah. Which I is brilliant. It. I absolutely love that. Because <laughs> yeah. I just thought, you know what, that's the best way to handle that kind of stuff is to hit it head on. Um by the end of the third season it was still really good and I still loved it, but one of the things I liked about the first series was that although Benedict Cumberbatch kind of did speak quickly and did all things, he wasn't over the top with it. A lot of it you saw what he saw because they did that little typing thing of what he was looking at while nobody else was noticing. Yeah. And they did that less and less, and he became more and more verbose as the series went on, which for me was a little bit annoying, but not disastrous. The only... <laughs> A lot of people are not fans of season four. I am. I really enjoy season four. Yeah, I, was, it, I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but it yeah. stretches credulity a little bit, and it's a little bit. But the second episode, especially, which is uh, the lying detective, which is the character of Culverton Smith, which is Toby Jones, basically playing Jimmy Savile. Let's be brutally honest about it. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, I I can just imagine the squeaky bums at the BBC when Moffat brought this script in about a high-profile presenter using his position to fuck people around. I can just imagine all the BBC (laughs) going, oh my god, what is he doing? (laughs) But yeah, it's... One of the things I hadn't realised until a few days ago when I started looking at this was actually, in every series, Stephen Moffat wrote one episode, Mark Gattis wrote one episode, and um, Stephen Thompson wrote one episode. So all three of them, they were all involved in the process, but each one of them was the scriptwriter for one of them. And it's just quite interesting to see the way that broke down. And you can see the different styles in there as well. But this, for me, was an amazing reworking of of Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah. Um, 
I found the abominable bride, which was a Christmas special, jumped the shark a little bit, but they managed to pull it back in season four to some degree. There are still chances that a season five is going to happen. Yeah, Stephen Moffat has stated that they've actually got the three ideas for the three episodes done. Yeah, they just don't know if they're going to do them. And then in 2019, Mark Gattis was asked about it. And he said the difficulty isn't in writing it or anything like that. It's that it's virtually impossible to get Benedict Cumberbatch and um, Martin Freeman together because of their schedules. They're too busy in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> They're too busy doing other things, yeah. yeah. So I hope a season five will happen at some point. Because but it, it, I mean, where they ended it in season four, you could leave it. Nah, I think you need to improve the ending because it's if 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 it ends like that, this is what Tom was alluding to. If you leave it like that, then it's a bit of a shit ending because that last episode of season four is a goddamn train wreck. I, I disagree with you on that, and you know this I disagree. Is where, with you. This is where we argue because I agree with everything you have to say about. I'll let you two go, man. I'll let you There go are certain it. points of it that are ridiculously over the top. The whole thing with the girl on the phone turning out to be his sister was bullshit. But other than that, I'm sorry. Now, my thing with the third, the, third, the last episode of season four. Okay, like. I love Stephen Moffat a lot because he does. He's a chancy guy. He likes to take chances and stick two fingers up at people. And I think that's where Doctor Who, for example, since he's left, has kind of missed it a bit. That delicious, nasty, that the delicious tongue-in-cheekness that he has at the audience. I love that shit. Um, but you're trying to tell me she tried to destroy everything, and then he here you go. You're such a bad bitch. Here's a bloody violin's performance for you. What the hell? I don't get it. I'm sorry, I just don't get it. No, the whole point was that she had gone beyond the point of communicating with anybody, and the only person she could communicate now was with Sherlock. So that how much time did Stephen Moffat give that give you right there in your back pocket to say that? Nothing. That is what the character did. It's quite flipping obvious. <laughs> I just nah. Nah. We need a it fit- stretches incredulity, and I didn't say I did I loved it. But it is not a bad episode, all in all. That end, and also the ending is not that. The ending is her, him and John tidying up Baker Street, solving cases, and running out of Rathbone House. That end, that's the ending I'm referring to. If they true. end it there, with those two jumping out onto a case from Rathbone House, that is an ending where they've wrapped it up and they can leave that's it. Fine. But, yeah. But. I feel like I it's the equivalent of needing mouthwash after drinking piss. I need a fifth season to get the piss out of yeah. my mouth. But this is the problem. Is a fifth season going to be like that, or is it going to be even more piss? Hopefully. Hopefully. This is, this, I this is where my question is. <laughs> exactly. Went. You never know. It could be worse. Because season four was not bad. The Lying Detective, although once again it's stretching credulity, was bloody amusing. It was a good episode. It was so well done. Toby Jones is such a fantastic character actor that he just makes you hate every moment he's on screen. Your skin crawls every time he walks on. Andrew Scott as Moriarty, flipping brilliant. They did it all so well, but it could get worse. That's the problem. Whereas they ended it, I think, well enough on season four. I would have, I would gladly see a season five because I think that 
Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch are flipping brilliant together, but I don't think it's a necessity. Yeah, exactly. Ben, I'm kind of aware of time, so I'm quite happy to leave it as me having one pick this week. Well, no, we're out of time for the podcast this week. I'm going to have to sacrifice (laughs) my picks. Because you guys gassed the fuck out of it. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm going to stick to one pick today. No, I haven't got time. To shoot me on it. I haven't got time. Yeah, literally, literally, we're making the time. We're out of time. We've, we're, we've got dinner. We discussed this before we started recording. <laughs> I'm going to quickly talk about... I, we're going 10 minutes over. I don't care. I'm having 10 minutes. Do it. Your, your stomachs can wait. Um, I want to quickly talk about Xena and Hercules. Um <laughs> What? Jesus Christ. Dan, Dan's like, what the hell? So when what? you just criticised me for over-the-top TV, and then yeah, you want to talk about Xena, Warrior no, Princess. Ben, 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 you can't say anything about my child anymore. No. Okay, well, well we're done then. So anyway, <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. No, 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 we're done. Ben, come on. It's okay. No, it's okay. So you did the email address, we're good, we're done. That's fine. No, Ben, come on, honestly. We're, okay, we're, we're waiting, Ben, we're waiting. Gen- Gen- no, ben, we're waiting for you I'm, to change our minds. Well. Let's go, let's go, come on. Let's do this, wrap it up. Let's go home. <laughs> let's go. I can come back next week. I need to prepare a defence because apparently there was laughing going on. It's fine. <laughs> I will bring it back next week. Fine. Okay. Let's go. Sure. Yeah, let's go. Uh, square eyes syndrome 2020 <laughs> at gmail.com is our email address. Right. And this is my last episode because I'm retiring because these guys are bullies, John. <laughs> all three of you guys. I, I'm handing it over. I'm just a host now. I'm just a moderator. I, I don't have picks now. Right. Ben, Ben, yeah. Ben, it's Ben. Good. What's with the pity what? party? We love you, Reed. Yeah, I don't, don't, yeah, it's fine. Don't, don't, don't. I'd like don't to point out that Dan's opinions are not the opinions of all. Disclaimer, guys, disclaimer. You don't get to throw acid in them try and make me your bitch. It doesn't work like that. And we love you and you know we love you. Yeah, all right, fuck all three of you. Anyway. <laughs> right, so it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. All right. And we're out.